Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. In just a moment, we're going to talk with Dr. Lanzo Fougere, who is at WellMed at New Tampa in Florida. We're going to talk about COPD. But before we do that, Dr. Charles, uh, my guess is you see a lot of patients who have issues with breathing, and among those are folks with COPD. That's correct, Ron. We do see quite a few patients that have COPD um, here in the clinic in San Antonio, for sure. And what we need is a magic cure, but there isn't any. No, there surely isn't. Um, There's a lot of very good treatments, though, which I think is part of what we're going to talk to Dr. Fougere about today. Well, that's good. Dr. Fougere, welcome to WellMed Radio. Dr. Fougere earned his medical degree from the State University of Haiti in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, completed his family medicine residency at SUNY Health Science Center in Brooklyn, and Dr. Fougere is board certified in family practice. So thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for the invitation. I want to say hi to you both, and uh, I'm saying hello at the same time to our audience. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. Did you grow up in Haiti? Born and raised, and I studied medicine and French, believe it or not. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, you don't speak a lot of French in Florida. No, no, definitely. But thanks to TV, we were able to learn um, English from watching TV growing up. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. You know, my, I got a I friend. Have, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say my daughters, um, I speak Spanish pretty fluently. Um, and I've been trying to teach my daughters and they've been so resistant. I can't seem to get them uh, to pick it up. So that's impressive that you were able to learn so much and your conversational English is fantastic. Well, well I've got a friend well, who's a comedian, Yakov Shmirnov, a Russian who learned English, as did Dr. Fougere, watching TV. Absolutely. So it, uh, it can be done. And the best trick is to basically put them in front of TV where 21 of the channels, out of the 21 of the channels, 19 of them are in English. So if, if Got you it. do that for Spanish, they'll, they'll end up learning. <laughs> uh, right. Just set your, uh, however you do it, you can set Spanish on your TV. There's a setting. You know, there are several, especially the Disney movies, I find several that have very, very good translations into Spanish. Right. And I try to make them watch that. If they already know the story, I figure it might be easier for them to kind of pick up some of the language that really hasn't worked for me so far. But <laughs> where, Dr. I'll Charles, keep uh, where Dr. Charles grew up near the border in a little town, Zapata, everybody spoke Spanish. Um, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, my dad was born in Mexico and moved to the United States when he married my mom. So he was in his 30s when he moved to Texas. My mom was born here in Texas, though. Well, we're going to turn to Dr. Fougere. Uh, COPD, uh, give us the 411. What is it? How do you know you have it? How do you treat it? How do you make it go away? Okay, well, uh, COPD hmm. um, basically is um, a, a disease of the airflow uh, in the lungs, basically. So, um, you know, people um, have to exchange the good air, which is oxygen, and the bad air, um, put it out, the carbon dioxide. Uh, they have to do that. But anytime there is a, a, a um, in, um, 
uh, obstruction in the airflow or the movement of the air um, uh, affecting this ability to, to uh, make that exchange, then you end up having a, a condition called COPD. And COPD basically is a group of uh, lung problems, respiratory problems that uh, people um, have and, and um, mainly affecting um, a great amount of the population um, in the US and worldwide. So, uh, and it's basically the, the main cause for it would be, you know, inhalation of bad gases, mainly smoking cigarettes. Um, but if you're exposed to, you know, chemicals or smoke or, um, you know, fumes for extended period of time, then you may end up having uh, COPD as well. So um, how do you know you have it? You know, you may have, you know, trouble breathing and you may have some coughing um, and also um, sputum production as well and um you know to, to treat it phlegm you know phlegm. Uh, yes, phlegm exactly. that you're coughing up okay yucky yeah. stuff you spit up that exactly. all that yucky stuff yeah right yeah, yeah and 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 basically um you know the way to treat it there's some a, a number of medications available inhalers that you can use um and uh, and and you know that will allow you to keep these uh, uh, symptoms under control sometimes you may have flare-ups where um, your 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 COPD you know needs more treatment than your usual regimen, and sometimes you may end up in a hospital, and you know. Sure, sure. Let's see. Well, let me ask uh, those who've just joined us. I want to tell you you're listening to WellMed Radio. Our special guest is Dr. Lasso Fougere. I'm Ron Aaron, along with uh, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Fougere is at the WellMed Clinic at New Tampa, Florida. And we're talking about COPD and delighted to have you on board. Literally millions of people have it. And if you watch the TV ads uh, for uh, some of the inhalers that are out there, uh, they make it look as if, Dr. Fougere, one puff, you're in great shape. Well, I don't think that's exactly the way that it works. But, um, but yeah, there are definitely some better medications now than there used to be. They're quite effective. Um, I wanted to go back also, Dr. Fougere, let's talk more about the diagnosis. Like when somebody starts having symptoms of coughing or phlegm, where do we normally go from there? Um, well, yeah. So basically, um, once, you, once you have some, some of the risk factors, um, you know, like smoking and you're having these symptoms and they, they won't go away, if they last for an extensive period of time and you're noticing that it might get worse, then a lot of times you want to go to a doctor and, uh, you know, there's some tests that the doctors can do. They, they'll take a good history and make sure that uh, they know what's going on. And also you can do some breathing uh, tests like, um, you know, something I would call a spirometry um, that allows us to uh, determine, um, you know, how, how your air is moving when you take deep breath. So essentially um, they'll, they'll measure how fast you can blow the air that you uh inspire in your lungs, how fast you can do it in one second, depending on, um, you know, the amount of air that you can put out versus the amount of you could, you could put in, they'll be able to determine if you have some issues with your airflows. And based on that, you know, they can um, use some other tools to determine what level of um, COPD you have. And according to that, they can, they can prescribe you some of the inhalers or bronchodilators that are available on the market right now. Now, what are so, some of those inhalers? Sure. Well, there are a number of inhalers. Some act differently. So we call some of them, you know, we call the beta agonist. Um, other ones, 
um, you, we call them some of the um, uh, um, muscarinic um, antagonists as well. So, um, you know, I don't know if we can name some brands on on. Yeah, on, you can. On, yeah. You can name brands. Yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, okay, yeah. So I wasn't too sure. So, um, uh -huh. so basically, um, you know, you you have your routine, um, you know, albuterol uh, that you can use for as a rescue inhaler. Um, also, you can use a protropion uh, as a short-acting uh, muscarinic antagonist as well. Um, and there are some other long-acting medications that we can use by themselves or in combination. Um, and, um, you know, if you can see all these commercials for Simbaport, Advair, uh, some, of the, some of the Spirivas that you can see online or on, on TV. So these are some of the medications that, you know, inhalers that can be used um, to treat your COPD. So if you only have symptoms once in a while, maybe once a week, do you need to be on a long-acting inhaler, um, like an inhaled steroid? Um, well, uh, for COPDs, the, the, you know, the, the initial course of treatment um, would not be a, those inhaled uh, corticosteroids. Uh, we would be using more of, a, you know, either short-acting um, agonist. Uh, depending on how so like the are. like the pro air like the albuterol those rapid uh rescue type inhalers yeah because you know some people come in and they only have symptoms once in a while the good thing is those pulmonary function tests like uh, the spirometry that dr fougere was talking about we can do that in the office and sometimes through that can determine if somebody's starting to have issues consistent with the, the COPD. So yeah, most of the time we'll start with just one of those little, uh, you know, rapid inhalers, the little pro airs and see if that helps enough. But there are quite a few other really good medicines that, that we can go to from there if that's not quite controlling the symptoms. When do you Absolutely. have to send someone to a pulmonologist? Um, well, sometimes when, when you know, uh, patients have uh, frequent exacerbations and um, when you know it seems like even though you're giving them the right uh, treatments uh, but they're still having exacerbations or they're having you know a recurrent uh, ER visits and things like that so when someone is you know very uh, short of breath most of the time and doesn't have a good quality of life then you may consider um, you know referring to a lung specialist and they may do further evaluation um, and there's some modalities that you can use as well that are very promising. Uh, they can do some in interventions um, uh, like uh, lung volume restrict uh, lung vo volume restrictions that they can do, and also endobronchial valves that they can place as well that can allow you to you know have a better quality of life. And these have been proven to to be very promising um, based on the data. So there are some other things that the lung specialist can provide. Um, that um, medications alone won't be able to to deliver. Now, I know occasionally people who struggle with cystic fibrosis uh, and, and other diseases get lung transplants. Is that something you can do for a COPD? We'll just slap a new pair of lungs in there? Yes, yes. And th that's something that's possible, but this is for the very, you know, severe cases where we've tried, you know, all the previous options, basic options, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now you can consider doing that as well. So yes, that's a possibility. Yeah. You know, it, it's, from... it's difficult. I, I don't have a lot of patients that have undergone that. I There's a very narrow window. You have to, the COPD has to be severe enough, but the rest of your, you know, 
organs, the, your health otherwise has to be at a certain level to tolerate a lung right. transplant, which is why we see it more in those cystic fibrosis patients because they tend to be younger when they get to the point where they are uh, needing transplant and tend to tolerate those surgeries a little bit better. But that's that's no joke. Those are those are pretty um, mm. intense surgeries there. If you're listening to WellMed Radio, I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Marisa Charles, our special guest, uh, Dr. Lazo Fougere, who's with WellMed at New Tampa. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, thank you for sticking with us here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. She is uh, board certified in family medicine. And our guest today, Dr. Lazo Fougere, he's with WellMed at New Tampa, also board certified in family practice. And we're talking about COPD, a lung disease that nobody wants, but a lot of people have. So, Dr. Fougere, how do you get it and how do you avoid getting it? Okay, well, uh, there are a number of things that, um, you know, um, cause COPD, and the main cause, you know, uh, that we can talk about is uh, smoking. Uh, So a lot of people um, who smoke will eventually develop, you know, uh, COPD, and and also there are other causes, um, you know, people who never smoked and but they were exposed to certain type of uh, fumes or any type of gases or uh, pollution. Uh, for extended period of time, so see these people can get it as well. And also, there's a genetic um, form of COPD uh, called uh, alpha one intertypsin deficiency that the people can get as well. Um, but um, how do you prevent it? Is is basically avoid you know smoking, avoid exposure to these gases. Um, you know, some people work in certain uh, uh, have certain occupations that expose them, you know, for extended period of time. Uh, to these type of uh, dangerous uh, gases that it can affect their airflow in their lungs. So yeah, um, so basically it's, it's, it's just um, um, avoiding these types of exposures and, you know, do the other things as well, you know, exercise, eat properly, um, mm. and these kind of, some other good health measures as well. Now asking about... for a friend okay. who has COPD <laughs> who quit smoking in the 1970s. Oh, and still develop COPD. Is that unusual? There, it can happen. I've, was there a lot of secondhand smoke exposure? Because that's another uh, Early on there was. Risk. 
from what so I understand. Sometimes it just has to do with um, the amount of exposure over the length of time. You know, for example, 30, 40 years ago, you know, we didn't really understand the severity of the risk of exposure to, to right. cigarettes. I mean, people would even smoke when they were pregnant. They didn't know. Um, and so exposing young children to um, cigarette smoke, exposing, um, you know, and if you've been exposed over a lifetime to a certain, you know, number of, of pack years, for example, you know, a person who smoked three packs a day for 10 years um, is at pretty high risk, um, you know, or similarly to somebody who smoked one pack a day for 30 years. So um, that also has to do with the um, risk of developing the COPD in the future. Yeah, my friend smoked three packs a day. That's a lot. Yeah, he, lot. he tells me he had to get up early, go to bed late to get them all in. I'm sure. Like, that's hard to do, I think. To You basically have to just light one with the other right. one and, and right. keep going. That There's not enough hours in the day to smoke three packs a day, but some people still do it. But he quit in the mid-70s. Yeah, it yeah. still happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Still at risk, Dr. Fougere? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, you know, because there are changes that happen when you have prolonged exposure uh, to smoking. And uh, these changes uh, may not be, you know, apparent initially. Um, you know, you might have had some shortness of breath, uh, you know, just by doing, you know, some activities and, and it progressed or it reveals itself more um, as the years go by. And now, you know, you may be having some more coughing and some more you know, um, phlegm production and things like that. But now once I, you have it, Dr. Charles, can you undo it? Can you make it go away, get healthy lungs back? You know, that's a, a very difficult thing. There are medications that can treat um, uh, the inflammation that occurs in the lungs that help improve your quality of life and improve symptoms. But as, you know, as far as I know, there is no cure. It's just about treating the symptoms and getting as best, you know, control over the symptoms as we can. And we had talked a little bit um, about the types of medications that we can use. And I certainly have patients that are willing to use the, the little short-acting inhalers now and again, but sometimes it gets to a point where you have to use medication every day to reduce symptoms. And I've certainly had conversations with patients who are difficult to convince that they need to be on medicine every day to help, help improve quality of life. I don't know if you see anything like that, Dr. Fougere. Yes, yes. Um, I have to add that uh, these, uh, these uh, treatments are very cost prohibitive as well. Um, you know, um, yeah, definitely like uh, to get to, you know, refill your medications and use these maintenance um, inhalers. Um, you know, a lot of patients are willing to unfortunately sacrifice their treatment to keep buying their cigarettes unfortunately. So, uh, and, you know, these, these inhalers are very expensive. So that's one of the main barriers that we encounter in, in our, in our ability to, you know, help these patients remain stable and not have any, you know, frequent, you know, hospitalizations or, you know, having a better quality of life. So yeah, it's a, it's a reality that, you know, we deal with and we try our best to work with the patient, um, you know, to find, alternatives and uh, better ways to to keep them out of you know the ER or the hospital. Of course cigarettes today are a lot more expensive than they used to be. When I was a, a smoker or w- when my friend was a smoker, uh, <laughs> cigarettes were like 50 cents a pack and today you're talking two three bucks. Oh yeah 
no, I mean that, and I think that's, I think that's a good thing, you know, that they're, you know, more expensive, a little bit harder to get. Um, that was the idea. The, yeah, the severity of the the symptoms that they can produce. Um, another thing that's very important, you know, I mean, we're talking about smoking and and smoking to prevent COPD. One of the best things that you can do is stop smoking, and there is benefit. Um, the day you stop smoking, you know, there's going to be a reduction in the risk. And so that is 100% the first thing that we tell patients who um, come in with symptoms of cough and phlegm and shortness of breath. Um, if they smoke, please, please stop. Um, and of course, you know, it's a good thing to talk to your doctor about because there are medicines that we can prescribe to help people um, who need a little extra support to help uh, to stop smoking. Um, to try to get that accomplished. And sometimes if we can stop the cigarettes, um, then we don't see the progression, or at least we don't see it as quickly. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it still happens. Of course, we can't necessarily predict who's going to continue to have symptoms and who won't, but at least it won't progress as quickly. The other thing that you have to be very careful with, um, especially if you've been a longtime smoker, is lung cancer. Right. Which we can screen for now, which is something that we couldn't really screen for before. Really, so, and and all those people that have been smoking, you know, and we have calculations that we have to do to to figure out if a patient will qualify to have lung cancer screening. I don't know if you want to talk. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Doctor Fougere? Um, Yes, uh, definitely. Um, you know, there's a there's a strong link between advanced COPD, emphysema, and lung cancer. People who, who get to these stages are more likely to develop. Um, you know, these types of um, cancers and, and, you know, definitely we can screen for, for um, these type of cancers in smokers who meet some criteria, definitely. Now, emphysema sounds like COPD. Are they similar? Are they related? Is, are they interchangeable in terms of uh, labels? Uh, they're related. So uh, COPD, as you can see, is a group of airflow lung conditions, um, you know, and COPD I mean, emphysema is part of uh, COPD, so it's just a broad term that we use to to kind of describe uh, the issues with airflow, um, you know, circulating into your lungs and out of your lungs. Right. And so COPD is the big umbrella, and then underneath that umbrella, we have okay. emphysema, we have chronic bronchitis, some kinds of asthma, you know, all within that COPD umbrella. And all related. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Fougere, you, you mentioned what is side stream smoke kids growing up in households where their parents smoke uh, and, and are you seeing copd in those kids who once they age uh, into their 50s and 60s um, you can have that definitely depending on the amount of exposure they've had yes definitely some 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 you know kids start with having some asthma symptoms and then they later on progress into copd uh, slash asthma i mean asthma slash copd um, so that tends to develop as well, even though they, never, they were never smoker themselves, but they will a lot of times develop COPD. And right, did, so you ever, did you ever smoke, Marisa? Ron. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. In college, for probably about, I don't know, a month, I might okay. have smoked a couple cigarettes. And you didn't like it? You know, my dad was a smoker forever. I remember being maybe 10 years old and going up to the counter and buying cigarettes for dad. Like I knew what, you know, like that was just 
such a normal thing as a kid um, right. that it just seemed like, why not? Dad liked it. You know, let me try. I really didn't like it, but I can see how other people, you know, might turn it into a habit, especially when you're under a lot of stress. And it was marketed. Right. And TV and movies, you yeah. know, all the cool people, all the cool kids were smoking. All the cool the people film. smoked. Yeah. <laughs> Both my parents smoked. I remember when they quit and I started smoking because they were smoking. And, and as I said, I smoked a lot of cigarettes in a relatively short period of time. But it's the cumulative effect, if I understand. And there's no way to go back and undo what I did. No. Or what, rather what but it's friend. a good thing you quit when you did, because you probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to us if you'd kept going. Well, I quit when my son was born, my awesome. middle son. That's a great reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you still today see people who smoke. I don't frankly understand it other than it is incredibly addictive. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the things that uh, is very hard to do. Um, And a lot of times we encourage our patients to quit smoking. um, And there are a number of ways that we can assist and help, you know, there's a patch and, you know, pills that we can provide. um, But a lot of them when they realize that they have a great motivation, just like having a grandkid or having a child or being pregnant, um, that's a, that's a good motivation right. to quit. Yeah. Stop and, you and right here. You have to, you have to be ready to quit and then, and then there's help. Thank you so much, Dr. Fougere. Very, very informative. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on WellMed Radio. For Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.